Welcome to Beyond Beale. I'm your host, Emma Jane Hopper. We have here a special mini episode about the Memphis Country Blues Festival, a short-lived but unique event in Memphis, Tennessee. Our inaugural season covers it in depth. From 1966 through 1970, the Memphis Country Blues Society put on an annual festival featuring country blues artists at the Levitt Shell in Overton Park. The Society's members were white, the musicians were mostly black, and the festival played to an integrated audience. This was an anomaly for Memphis during the Civil Rights Movement. The staff restrooms at the Shell were still segregated when in 66 when the festival started. That's Augusta Palmer, whose father, Robert Palmer, was a founder of the festival. Dr. Palmer is a documentarian, and her upcoming film is called Blue Society. It's also about the Memphis Country Blues Festival. When we were in high school, a lot of times we could go out and go into some of the black clubs. Not all of them now, mind you, but some. But blacks coming into a white club was a, a completely different uh, issue. It just, it just didn't happen. This is Chris Wimmer. He was a core organizer of the festival along with Dr. Palmer's dad and Bill Barth and Nancy Jeffries. And I don't know if the law that they were, you know, the laws were still on the book, so to speak. Memphis just was not an integrated town at that time. Despite the implicit segregation of Memphis, the Memphis Country Blues Society reached a fairly large audience, with local newspapers like the Commercial Appeal reporting a thousand or so attendees. I mean, I think they always attracted more people and they thought that they would attract. One of those people was Henry Nelson, who was 15 when he attended the festival. When I discovered that space in 68, I felt like I had found my tribe. It was my, my cool place. It was my safe place. Mr. Nelson's from West Memphis, across the bridge in Arkansas. He found Overton Park when he was a teenager, trying to find his way to Woodstock, but going in the wrong direction. One of the reasons I felt home and with my tribe is because there were so many African Americans there who were considered themselves cool and hippies. And that was, that was part of it, but also the fact that everybody got along. There was never an incident that I recall uh, from all the years I've gone to, to uh, that tribe. The acceptance Mr. Nelson found in the Memphis hippie community didn't extend to the general public. In my mind, in my heart, that I, I relate to the culture that most hippies believed in. It was, uh, it was about love. It was about togetherness. However, being a person of color outside of that culture, I am just a person of color, and I experienced that, absolutely. According to Mr. Wimmer, the integrated nature of the festival didn't strike the organizers as unique until after all was said and done. The importance of that is kind of hindsight. At the time, it was just the way we were. We were all, you know, kind of musicians and hippies and beatniks. Mr. Nelson didn't realize how mythical the festival would become either. When I look back on it and what people, what you guys are talking about now, it was just another day in Overton Park. <laughs> and who knew? The city wasn't invested in musicians who weren't Elvis. We never could get any interest, you know, financial or otherwise, out of the city. Uh, whether, whether it was because these were just old black guys that they just kind of brushed off or if they were just 
ignorant and had no concept of the history of the blues and, you know, evolving into modern rock and roll or exactly what it was. But the city's only concept of Memphis music was Elvis. Like Mr. Wimmer, Mr. Nelson also said that Memphis music doesn't begin or end with Elvis. Country blues hasn't been given the respect it deserves. It wasn't valued. And I, I would say the same thing for the music business itself, because a lot of the music business, the true uh, beginning of the music business itself, didn't start with Elvis. I mean, Elvis just happened to be around at that time, but it was really uh, from African-American artists. And, and the artists primarily at Stax and Royal Studios. I, I think the city has always devalued that culture of music. You know, when you think about country blues and the, the lack of popularity and awareness about it, that's cultural. And it's also, yeah, racist. <laughs> yeah, in regards to just being separated and unappreciated and devalued and uh, invisible, if you will. After Steve Allen covered the 1969 festival on his PBS show Sounds of Summer, the city finally started paying attention. Jimmy Crosswaite, MC of the 68 show and musician, said this is less of a boon than it seemed. And then by the time the city was in on it, they were just screwing it up. Mm-hmm. So the original members uh, just sort of walked away. And that's how the Memphis Country Blues Society just uh, dissolved. Aside from Elvis, most notable Memphis musicians were and are black. The fact that most people think of Elvis instead of Furry Lewis or Booker T and the MGs when they think of Memphis is evidence of the racism black musicians faced, either from the city or from the recording industry. There's a lot of good musicians here that never did get that break, you know. That was Daddy Mac Orr, a blues musician who moved to Memphis in the 60s but didn't start playing until the 80s. On the other side of production, Mr. Nelson went into radio and later worked with some of the country blues musicians he saw on stage at the Levitt Shell when he was 15. The music industry is vicious. These artists, they were never paid their due in regards financially or publicity-wise. All of the money made off the festival is split among the black musicians, and the society's founders only kept the festival going for four years before losing interest. At the end of everything, it seems pretty clear that the festival's only real purpose was getting a chance to listen to musicians that didn't get all the gigs they deserved. It's funny how something so casual at the time became such an interesting piece of Memphis history, buried in bureaucratic racism and Elvis memorabilia. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show, then be sure to listen to Beyond Beal, the Mike Curb Institute's Memphis Music History Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. For season one, we're doing a deep dive into the Memphis Country Blues Festival, featuring more interviewees and more context. Thank you to the interviewees featured in today's program in order of appearance, Augusta Palmer, Chris Wimmer, Henry Nelson, Jimmy Crosswaite, and Daddy Mac Orr. Today's episode was written and produced by myself and Elijah Matlock. Elijah is also our audio engineer. The original music for today's program was created by Cam Napier. Thank you to Betsy John and Shalise Barzani for our gorgeous cover art. I'm your host, Emma Jane Hopper. See you soon and stay safe.